0: Well, good morning, and welcome to Education Matters. My special guest today is Mr. Rusty Darley, the principal at All Good Middle School. Rusty, welcome to the program. I'm glad to be here. Well, we are delighted to get you, get you over here. It's good to have you with us. Uh, some of our listeners may not know uh, much about you, so tell everybody a little bit about your background.
1: Uh, well, I came to Allgood Middle from Cookville High School, where I've spent the last five years as assistant principal. Uh, four of those five years have been Freshman Academy. So I had the pleasure of working with over 600 freshmen every year. <laughs> That's always the delight. Uh, prior to Cookville High School, I was at Lebanon High School as a health science teacher, spent nine years in Wilson County. And but prior to that, I was in the healthcare profession. So this is my second career.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bit of a unique uh, a career path there.
1: Where did you do your studies? Uh started out at Valdosta State University in South Georgia. Valdosta, Georgia. Yes, I was going to be a Major League Baseball player, and that didn't quite pan out. Well, they had some good <laughs> baseball teams at Valdosta State, though, at one time. They did. Uh ended up transferring to Georgia College in Milledgeville. Uh-huh. That's where I got my bachelor's degree. And then uh, one of my mentors at the uh, Georgia College mentioned Tennessee Tech in Cookville. And I said, who? Where? I said those <laughs> same words a few years before that. So I ended up going to grad school at Tennessee Tech in uh, 1998. How about that? Got two degrees from Tennessee Tech, got my master's in EDS, uh, got an EDS from TSU, and I'm currently a dissertation away from my doctorate at TSU. You're getting pretty close. Getting isn't? close.
0: So, how did healthcare enter into all this?
1: When I was at Vidos State, like I said I was going to be a major league baseball player. I was a sports medicine major. I end up hurting my elbow, and kind of through that, I was like, "Hey, I kind of like this rehab stuff. Let me work on this a little bit." Uh, I was a double major. I was going to do. I was going to be a math teacher and be an athletic trainer. When I transferred to Georgia College, it was a different university system. Not all my credits would transfer. And it's like, if you want to get out of here early, you might want to just pick one. <laughs> How
0: about that? Yeah, it's it's funny. In, um, in many states in the 90s and, and the early 2000s, there still were a lot of transfer problems, even within the same state. Mm-hmm. And hopefully uh, something called articulation agreements began to emerge, and a lot of those problems have been solved. They'll never be perfect, but they a lot of them have gone away anyway. Yes, sir. Well, tell us a little bit about your job as principal.
1: Congratulations, by the way. It's a new role for you. It is a new role, and uh, I'm thankful for it. I'm glad Mr. King, uh, Mr. Martin, had faith in me to appoint me to this role. And as principal, uh, one thing I did not know is how many decisions you make every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you're in control of everything in the building, from maintenance to janitorial, all the way up to the education piece, of the teachers and the students, every single thing goes to the principal's office. And that took a little getting used to. I think I'm kind of getting the hang of it now, and <laughs> uh, I'm kind of excited we're just uh, completing our school improvement plan, so I'm hoping to get that submitted this week, and working with the teachers and the stakeholders about kind of coming up with our goals for this year. Well, what's our academic goals for our students and also our teachers? So that's been exciting kind of delving into the data and seeing where we're at and where we want to go. Yeah, and it is data-driven in a lot of cases, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is, uh, and there's a lot of data. Yeah, one thing that uh,
0: most states do, certainly Tennessee does, is it collects a lot of data on the schools and on the students. And those uh, those TCATs or the the comprehensive assessments at the end of a year, they they generate a lot of information, but there's a lot of other kinds of information, attendance data and all
1: kind of things that you collect um, every day. There is a lot and all the data points we have can uh, guide us to the best decisions for our students and also kind of drive what classes we want to offer. So all the data points that we use, whether it's from intercourse testing, through our universal screener, just through individual testing, our benchmarks, whether it's uh formative or summative assessments all that data goes into one pile and that's that's great it it can be overwhelming but there's a lot there there is a lot there
0: well uh you were at at Cookville High School for many years and you you uh coordinated freshman um assimilation into the <laughs> high school from their prior experience that's probably
1: was good training for stepping then in into a middle school Principal's job. Absolutely, uh, the freshmen are not very dissimilar from our seventh and eighth graders at the at the middle school. Uh, so, being able to relate to the freshmen has definitely helped me uh, get acclimated to uh, the middle school. The fifth and sixth graders are a different little being now. It, it's <laughs> getting a little more getting used to to the littles there.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, having uh, grandkids that are that are in those have gone through those early transitions. It. I it's, it's an it's a significant and an interesting time
1: no question it is cuz my prior experience is has been as a parent both my children went through all good middle so they know me as a parent so this is a different role for me uh, moving into the middle school how about that well has the
0: um, we're pretty well through the launch of the of the school year as we go live in this broadcast so i i guess it's you're still here i guess it's
1: going well <laughs> i haven't uh, run out screaming yet <laughs> Uh, but I've had a lot of support uh, through the central office, Mr. Corby King, Mr. Tim Martin, and Dr. Winningham, whose position I took over. They've been really supportive. And also the other middle school principals, they've all reached out, uh, Ms. Terry Brooks, Ms. Alma Anderson, and uh, new middle school principal at Upperman middle Jessica Etheridge. We kind of get together monthly to discuss ways to make all middle schools better. We kind of collaborate together with that. And knowing I have that support, knowing I have that crutch if I need it, that – has been crucial in launching the school.
0: Yeah, that's a great support system and and a lot of your problems are are common problems, aren't they?
1: They are common problems, absolutely.
0: I guess as much as there are common denominators, there's probably unique things too, but but let's talk about your students at uh at Allgood. Um how big is the school and how would you describe the The demographic composition of the school?
1: Uh, Right now we're sitting at about 762 enrollment. Uh, That includes our pre-k of just over 20. Uh, So we we do have the pre-k element in there. Each grade level about 180 per grade level. Uh, Demographic uh, about 22% minority. Uh, Most of that's probably uh, Hispanic. And the dynamics of the school has been great. I mean it's I couldn't ask for a better situation to go into. Uh, I definitely was able to walk into a school that uh, just has benefited from the leadership prior to me.
0: Yeah, I I, I pay attention to, to that school just because I have grandchildren there, but it seems like they've pretty well got a good act together.
1: They do. Uh, when Mister King and I talked, he's like, we "We're handing over this school on a silver platter," and he was not wrong.
0: <laughs> well, enjoy that. I'm sure there'll be other experiences where the the platter will be something other than silver. But, yes, yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're right. It's great when you uh, when you get that kind of uh, kind of experience too. Um, well, it's um, middle school can be a tough time on uh, on students it's a transition time in their life um got to be some challenges in the middle school environment
1: yeah i would say just in my brief experience with the middle school this is probably one of the toughest times for children as they're trying to find out who they are and they're developing and they got all these new hormones and they don't know how to take them so i think i think the transition from child you know adolescent to young adult It's a very trying time for them. I mean, you're looking for, you know, you're 10 years old to 14 years old, typically in this age range, and that's a big difference. That's a lot of growth out there. There really is.
0: And um, a lot of um, uh, life-related experiences that they have to adapt to that they hadn't thought of as a child.
1: And a lot of squeaky voices.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it um, – I remember my middle school experiences and uh, um, remember those teachers especially, and they were special people. They just had to be to put up with what
1: what happens during that period. Yeah, I'm definitely blessed to have a great faculty working with me that works well together. They generally like each other, and that makes my life a lot simpler, makes my job a lot easier. So how many faculty members roughly do you have? We got about 45 certified teachers, and if you count support staff uh everybody apart from the cafeteria on you're looking probably about eighty pretty big operation it is it's a lot of people to take care of a lot of a, a lot of listening to do, yeah, I'll bet i'll bet
0: and um uh, and each of them brings their own challenges to uh to work every day, but uh, that gives you something to wake up looking forward to each day
1: absolutely uh it, it's it's been a blessing for me because with these all these voices they all we all have one goal that we want to make the school better so i know with that common goal and with the faculty we have it, it 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 it's a joy to be there every day
0: well that's great that's great it's um um when the when the students get there i know they walk in most of the time with a happy smiling face at the start of the day and you hope that just continues all through the day and the experiences they have make it joyful for them too.
1: Yes. One of the uh, one of the items that we wanted to focus on this year is to make school fun again. Over the past couple of years, we've had a lot of challenges, and I think some of the fun's kind of been taken out of it, and we want to put that back in there. We want to make kids want to come back to school.
0: Well, and I know many of them, when they were stuck on a – on a laptop uh, or on a Chromebook to uh, get assignments done. They they were ready to turn that in for some person-to-person interaction.
1: I think so. That's been uh, a challenge for our teachers is you almost have to prep for two classes each period as you prep for an online section and also an in-person section. And a lot of our teachers have done a great job of blending the two. So now they're synchronous and they're all in one. That we don't have that Uh, what seemed like an extra uh, prep time for that. And we're going to take a quick
0: break and then come back and talk a little bit about that teacher experience in this post-COVID environment. This is Local Matters, and uh, we are talking to Rusty Darley, the principal at All Good Middle School. We will be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Mr. Rusty Darley, the principal at All Good Middle School. And Rusty, we've we've been talking just about your your students and your faculty and and sort of the launch of the new school year. Uh but coming along with that launch, uh there's a lot that goes on beyond the classroom, not just in middle school, but certainly in middle school. There's athletics and there's student clubs and there's other extracurriculars. Tell us how important those are to the,
1: the growth of the student. One of the things when I was doing freshman academy, we would go to all the middle schools through do registration and the parents a lot of times would ask me, how do we not get lost at such a big high school? And it's always, the answer is always get involved. And that's the same thing with middle school, be involved. We have enough, whether, I mean, athletics, like you said, baseball, basketball, football, softball, wrestling, you name it, we got it. But also fine arts. We had the play last year in Madagascar. They're doing auditions right now for Aladdin, Uh, choir, band, beta club, FCA. We have all kind of extracurriculars where somebody can find something with like-minded people that they can get involved and enjoy their school experience. And that, uh, I went to
0: Madagascar, and it was standing room only every (laughs) night that they played, and it was just amazing to watch those kids and mainly see how much fun they were having
1: doing it. They have a lot of fun, and they're excited. I think they had over 60 people auditioning this week for Aladdin, and that's a good problem to have when you, you got that many people. And we have a lot of talented students. You would it's phenomenal to watch these students from their first day of practice to putting on performance when they uh, perform at the 1st of March. It's a transformation, and it's a credit to our three advisors that really helped them, uh, Miss Rebecca Salmon, Emma Short, Schult, Michael Short's daughter from mm-hmm. high school, yeah. uh, and also Jackson Williams. And the time that they put in, and the teachers are not paid for that. They do it because they love the students, they love what they're doing, and they want the most, to, to bring the most out of their students to make them realize they can do things they didn't realize they can do.
0: It 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 is amazing to me how many dedicated faculty there are that go above and beyond the call of duty to do something that they love and they want to create that spark in that student.
1: Absolutely. and. They call on help from a lot of community members. We have a lot of support for that. We'll have people uh, come in to build sets, to build props, to work on uh, uh, wardrobe, and costumes, yes, the costumes, and, yeah. and it, it takes a lot of people, and they put all that together, and the community wants to the help. They want to be able yeah. to see us succeed. They want to be able to see a good show, and we all come together for that. That's pretty amazing, and it, it's um,
0: that, that's a good segue to talk about an invitation to people to get involved in your school and in whatever school their children or grandchildren go to.
1: Yes, definitely get involved. Uh, one of the simplest ways is just a PTO. Uh, Miss Ashley Bray has been the PTO for the last few years and she can always use the help. Uh, they do different fundraising activities. Uh, we're raising money right now to uh, complete phase three of our playground uh, in the front of the school. That's what we're working on right now. And we can always use the parent support for PTO and also just volunteer for any of the other extracurriculars we have. And it's um it,
0: it's something the, the the volunteer will grow to love. They'll probably love it from the first minute, but it gives them a chance to give back to their community and to their school. But it it is so great for the the students and the faculty to have
1: that support. Yeah, support, support is crucial to a school like this. Uh all goods a small community, and one of my focus areas when I first came in was to kind of build that community support. Uh, we're going we're in process of going out, meeting some of the community uh, adopters that we have, uh, just to work on their continued support. Let them know this is what we're working on, and this is what we need to help uh, make this a, su- a success this year.
0: Well, adopters are really important. We're going to come back and and talk a little bit more about them in a minute. Let's stay on extracurriculars though for a minute and uh talk about your athletic programs uh, Not every child needs to be an athlete, but it's great to have athletics at the at the middle school level and and uh great to have coaches that can can help those those athletes grow.
1: It is important. It kind of builds with our climate at the school to have the athletic programs. Uh, It increases school spirit when we do pep rallies, uh, when we do parades, and they put on that uniform to say all good middle school on them. uh, It gives a sense of pride for the school, and there's not many uh, opportunities to do that, and athletics provides us a way to do that every week. And um, there are
0: so many different sports now uh so many different ways to to get engaged i had a call for the university from a uh a friend of mine uh, in davidson county a boy scout friend just somebody that i worked with in boy scouts and he wanted to know if we had a gaming team an electronic a team that did nothing but electronic gaming and if it was NCAA recognized, <laughs> and I said I didn't even know it could be, and I, we got to looking at it, and it there are NCAA level teams in gaming, so there's all kind of opportunities for for sports. There is an opportunity for everyone, and uh, and again, it doesn't have to be sports. Uh, the The theater program, the the choirs, the bands, there's there's something for everyone. And it's really, really important to get it, it, engaged.
1: It is, and even with our high school uh, credit classes. So you may want to push yourself academically. But we offer four different uh, high school credit classes with Algebra One, English 9, Spanish 1, and Visual Arts. And that's not including all the vital classes that we offer. That can also kind of enrich their academic experience. And those th- th- those kind of experiences just are – they're,
0: they're good in themselves, but the data is really clear that's going to increase their grades in almost every case. It makes them a better student. If they're in athletics, they've got to maintain a grade average to maintain their eligibility. So it's it's good to get them involved, but it's actually good for them academically to get involved in these things.
1: It is. I mean, it's about athletics and you got to maintain a certain grade. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that most Athletes in college don't have a full scholarship. That's right. So any money that they can get from ACT scores and other scholarships will make their campus life a lot better, not having to work or anything like that.
0: And I always told uh, student athletes at, at Tech that uh, I wanted them to get two championships while they were there: one, a ring for whatever sport they were in; but second, a um, a diploma, mm-hmm. and that the diploma would probably. Take them more places than their their sport is going to take the typical athlete anyway so really important to them and uh, it's a great um, a, a great opportunity to do something besides just go to class and it makes you identify with your school as you said earlier uh, just really really well Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about your perceptions on whether the pandemic has changed the way teachers teach or the way students approach learning. So we're going to take a very quick break. This is Local Matters, and we will be right back. Welcome back to local matters. Uh, we are talking education matters today and we are talking to Rusty Darley, the principal at Allgood Middle School. Rusty, before the break we were we were talking about students and faculty and extracurricular activities. But you mentioned something that I want to come back to and that is how the pandemic has changed teaching. And you mentioned teachers that are learning how to run a virtual classroom almost simultaneous with an in-person classroom. So how much do you think the pandemic has changed the way middle school is done or the way teachers teach?
1: Well, I think the pandemic has shed light on a couple of different issues. Uh, one being the social-emotional health of our students, uh, we realize now that we're not as good as we thought we were and the pandemic has kind of exacerbated certain conditions. and we as a school with faculty and district support really focus on social uh, emotional health right now uh, another issue is the learning loss that it created yeah uh, when students were forced to stay home they would not uh, they not keep up with their instruction like they probably should have and it created the learning loss so teachers really need to identify the struggles in each classroom with each student and able to hit those gaps, hit those uh, difficulties that students have, and kind of plan lessons within a lesson just to help close those uh, learning loss gaps. And hopefully, those those uh,
0: learning losses won't um, won't hold the student back. They they'll probably catch up at different rates, but by the time they finish 12 grades, hopefully that that loss will be pretty much mitigated.
1: I hope so. Uh, we're starting a program at All Good Middle this year called, uh, it's RTI group, but we also have a WIN group, W-I-N, which stands for What I Need. So it's hopefully to identify these deficits and give extra time to kind of close that outside of the classroom in a different uh, small group setting mm-hmm. to make them more successful in the classroom. So we're excited to roll that out. Actually, today was the first day of that. And again, it
0: goes back to you You have a lot of data available to you, and so you can pretty well see where a student is relative to a normal school year and relative to state standards and national standards. Is that, that the way you track
1: that? That's the way we do track it. We look at, uh, like we talked about earlier, the end-of-course testing, our universal screeners. We have a lot of progress monitoring programs that we use throughout the year. And how they score on that kind of depends. Sure. It kind of uh, sheds light on on what their deficits are, and whether it's looking at reading, it could be phonics, it could be comprehension. If it's math, it could just be factoring. I mean, it could be, and you can narrow it down. And we can place like uh, students in one small group to help with that deficit.
0: And it's not um, not unexpected that there would be deficits given the. Just the, the disruption that the pandemic caused over this past two years.
1: And like I said, it's still calling. We we still have you know kids going to quarantine, they test positive sure. and they're gonna be out for at least a week, uh, maybe more, depending on their symptoms. And we gotta be able to adapt and adjust and not let them lose ground while they're out. So teachers are maintaining virtual classrooms uh through Google Classroom. Uh, teachers Zoom with kids while they're at home. So anything that we can do to not let them get behind, that's kind of what's changed with education right now. And we've learned, your teachers have learned
0: <coughs> how to do that over this time. And, and they can probably practice that better today than they could two years ago.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I used to think I was good at uh, technology until I met with some of our teachers, and I realized I'm not as good <laughs> as I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. The, the teachers have been heroes during this time. They, uh, absolutely. They they didn't train for this, but they, they've adjusted to it, and they're pretty good at it. They are really good at it. And I think having watched several students go through the process, too they adapted it took them a few weeks and okay so i'm going to be
1: on a chromebook this week that's i know how to do that yeah and we're fortunate enough for our school that we're a one-to-one uh school so every student has a chromebook that they can take home with them they have access to it every day all day so when they are home they have access to all that we don't have to worry about uh families that don't have a device and i think in one sense
0: the um The use of Chromebooks, the use of um, online learning in in general, may have given them a skill that they needed, but we didn't know they needed it, and that is the world during this period changed to a team-based online environment in a lot of companies. And your healthcare background—you look at healthcare; a lot of it is team-based and online now. And the same thing is true in business. And so, even middle schoolers very comfortable getting into that kind of an environment.
1: It, it, it is, and the states realizing that, as uh, in, starting in the 24-25 school year, they're mandating that all middle school students go through a computer science class to help, because there are some students that don't type as well as others and sure. as more things are going online, uh, they need to have their typing skills better. Yeah. So now we're going to be required to do a computer science class for all middle schoolers starting a 24-25 school year. Well uh, you mentioned
0: in in your new role as principal, you mentioned that that uh, you were you were going to focus on growing the positive culture at at all good middle school. What did you mean by that, and what things come to mind when you talk about that positive culture?
1: When I found out I was going to be at All Good Middle School, uh, I wanted to get to know the school. Who who Who's behind the scenes? I wanted to know the school. So what I did, I set, apart, set aside two weeks during the summer and made 30-minute time slots. And if anybody from the school, faculty, staff, wanted to come talk to me, they scheduled time and ended up having about 47 – faculty and staff come in during their summer and I got to spend at least 30 minutes with each one learning about the school. And the overwhelmingly number one uh, thing that they talked about was the culture of the school. So I was like, I don't want to screw that up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So talking with the faculty, talking with the staff is paramount to what I wanted to focus on this school year, is to continue this relationship and make it, I want to increase the relationship with the school, uh, make it better if I can, and the faculty is is the backbone of it. They do so much extra, they do so much, and I just want to be able to do for them. Well, that's great, and and students can feel that culture, can't they? They can. Uh, you can go down the hallways and look at the student. they're excited to go into the class. I want a school where every person that works in that school and every student wants to come into the building.
0: Well, one of the things that helps you and helps the uh, the faculty at the school and helps the students is the the number of uh, volunteers, and there used to be more volunteers prior to COVID than mm-hmm. there are now. We just had to quit a big part of that. But you've still got adoptive school supporters. You've got folks who work on the on the the wardrobes in the uh, in the drama program,
1: there're just a lot of ways to help a school, aren't there? There are many ways uh, and a lot of people, companies, businesses, they don't know how. So we're meeting with the Chamber of Commerce tomorrow and to talk about uh, how to increase awareness of how uh, people, businesses, companies can adopt schools and help out, and what's needed. The Chamber of Commerce uh, kind of uh, spearheads all that with, a, with the adoption process. Right. But you don't have to adopt a school to support them. So we want to have sponsorships available. And by sponsoring the school, you're helping with uh, academics. You're working with climate, culture. Everything that can be improved as a school, something can be done, no matter how small it is, whether you come in one day a week the help out in the front office, that is help that they that need. That is help, no question. So and any small thing will help and that's one, uh, one of the things my uh, administrative team and I are working on is, as another focus is again strengthening that community support and letting people know this is what they can do. Well that's great, that's
0: great. It is so important and we want to thank all those that do participate and do support schools in any way. Well, we're about to wrap up, but I wanted to give you a chance to talk about school safety for a minute, whether it's tornadoes, which we've certainly seen, hmm. uh, fire drills, uh, shooters, ice storms, a lot of issues that a principal has to think about in terms of school safety.
1: There are definitely a lot of scenarios we go through each year. First 30 days, we go through two fire drills, so the teachers will go uh, meet with the students, let them know exactly what they're doing, where's their common time. Uh, location, if they have to evacuate the building. Unfortunately, school violence is something that we have to address. Uh, We're fortunate enough with uh, Sheriff Eddie Ferris and our SRO program. We have one of the best SROs in the county. I'm going to go ahead and say that. And uh, Chris Billings, every morning at eight o'clock, like clockwork, you're going to see him walking around the outside of the school, making sure all the windows are shut, doors are locked, everything's closed. And that's just one small thing he does every day. And you can, at 8 o'clock, he's going to be doing that. No, every day, rain or shine, that's what he does. Uh, but with the intruder, we, we do intruder drills. You know, as uncomfortable as it may make students, but unfortunately, that's a reality we live in now. All the district office people that come up with these plans and give us devices, give us stuff to help school uh, make schools safe, is greatly appreciated. Uh, I know it's appreciated by the parents knowing that you know a safe learning environment is usually the number one uh focus of any school if if students don't feel safe they're not going to learn
0: amen amen it is really important and it's important for all of us to understand that um even though it may uh cause us an extra 30 seconds of delay as we register or whatever it's important to keep those schools safe well i want to thank you for being with us today it's um it's great to hear the the good news about All Good Middle School, and uh, congratulations again on, on being the new principal. Rusty, it's, it's uh, good to have you on this show, and we'll, uh, we'll try to get you back sometime in the year and talk again about what's going on at AMS.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Bell. It's my pleasure.